Here we go. It's the last day in November, the 30th in the year of our Lord, 2023. You're listening to Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my co-host, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I was having a little trouble with the computer, but I now am connected uh, to KFUO, plus I've got the article in front of me. So this article is kind of entitled, Uncommitted Christians Causing Catastrophic Decline in Biblical Worldview in America. Now, that's a very interesting article by Leonardo Blair. And it's talking about how millions of uncommitted Christians are causing a catastrophic decline because they have been poorly disciplined in their faith and they don't know how to pass on biblical values to their children. And this is in a research book from veteran Christian researcher George Barna. What's the title of the book and why is it number one? Well, the title of the book is Raising Spiritual Champions, Nurturing Your Child's Heart, Mind, and Soul. And uh, it's number one along Amazon's newly released books. Uh, the book comes from research of seven original studies that was conducted at the Cultural Research Center in Arizona uh, Christian University and Family Research Council. It, what it does is it examines the ability of parents to intentionally and strategically raise spiritual champions among the nation's children. Now, how do we try and get parents to do that at home in the Lutheran faith? Well, we, we try and set it up with, with uh, family devotions. There's, there's one, for instance, uh, that's put out by Concordia Publishing House called My Devotions which they can do during the during the course of the time. And it's taking time sharing the faith with the children. What's uh, the most and, important book that we tell them to use? Well, most important would be the Bible. Right. But what summary is the most important book? Oh, you mean the catechism? Exactly. Explain what the catechism is. Uh, it, it's uh, well as it, as you open it up and read the first few questions. A catechism is a book of instructions. It asks questions and answers them, like who created the world, or what is the Trinity, and then it answers them and and it gives Bible verses to go along with it. It has and, five chief cards: the Ten Commandments the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, and the Holy Sacrament. And often there's another part, discipline. And that's something 
that is so short that we can get the children to actually memorize the catechism. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, I've been following this a little bit in a few churches, and i got a grandson that's starting to go through catechism. And what's interesting is uh, I was used to starting out just at, at, with uh, the Ten Commandments and then going to the Apostles' Creed. I'm noticing that more and more pastors are starting with the Apostles' Creed and then the Ten Commandments. Do you think that's correct? I Well, it's the way Luther did it, but... No, no, no. Luther started with the Ten Commandments. I know he did. Not the Apostles' uh, Creed. Well, the Apostles' Creed uh, is teaching what I read through some of the material is who created the earth and and who redeemed the earth and who sanctifies us. And then, then they go into the Ten Commandments. No, law and gospel means you always preach the law first. There's no sense in preaching the gospel if they're not aware of their need for the gospel. In other words, who came first, Jesus or John the baptizer? Jesus came first. No, John the baptizer did. Well, in the Gospels he did, but if you go back to the Old Testament, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. But who gave the commandments? God. Who brought him down from Mount Sinai? Moses. Yeah, Moses was the John the Baptizer, showing that people were not obeying the Ten Commandments. That's the purpose of the Ten Commandments, to show that we're in need of a Savior. In the Gospels, it's SOS, the Gospel, SOS, the law. The law shows our sins. The Gospel shows us our Savior. Well said. Well said. So, during their research, they found out that parents were letting others take over their children. And they believe that they can't do the job in the various dimensions of their children's lives. But Barna says that parents look for the best teachers, coaches, and other experts who give their children the training they believe that's needed to succeed. But what's the real purpose of parents? To try to get their kids to succeed? No, it's, it's, it really is a time for, for training the children in, in what you believe. I, I remember when one father found out that his son wasn't doing his memory work or kind of slacking off in confirmation and, and the pastor was allowing it to happen before, his, before he would allow his son to be confirmed. 
he had to go back through, and he personally taught his his, his son the catechism and uh, the memory work. He felt it was that important. Years later, the son's now doing that with his, his own son. Exactly. In, in, in other words, this survey shows that our worldview is actually the decision-making filter that informs every decision we make. And what is that biblical worldview? Well, the worldview is intellectual, moral, and emotional, and spiritual. To have a, a biblical view is to think like Jesus so that you can act like Jesus. Yes. And according to Deuteronomy and Proverbs and Second Corinthians and Ephesians, what does it show about parents? Showing parents are the ones who, who are charged with the primary responsibility of their children's spiritual development and discipleship. Fewer and than 10 what, What's the of percentage of parents that are doing that? Fewer than 10% have that kind of invested interest in spiritual development plans for their children. You know, I know parents that even even in the elementary Lutheran school libraries will occasionally take in a book to the principal and say, are we really supposed to have this for the, for the child? And they take their responsibility yeah, very seriously. Yes. So just 2% of parents with children under 13 years old were found to have a biblical worldview, while 94% had embraced syncretism. Now, how is that described? In this article, it's described as a hodgepodge mixture of competing and often conflicting worldviews. I have sent you another article, which is really more in-depth, that talks about the syncretism that that uh, has infiltrated the Christian religion and how some of these other world religions tries to piggyback off that, and which is nothing more than work righteousness added to, to Christian values. Yes. 58% of born-again Christian parents, they recognize they have the primary responsibility for the spiritual development of their children. But only 23% of them leave that job up to churches. And research shows that becomes an increasingly unreliable source of biblical worldview training. Why is that? Well, even though most parents are born again, you know, parents are, call themselves born again, they really don't think of the spiritual component of their child's life as a, as a big deal. You know, they, they think going to church is enough, Bible class, they might leave them for Sunday school while they go out for coffee and come back, pick up their kid instead of, engaging themselves in, in a Bible class with uh, with the pastor. 
is not taking the time to develop the their relationship or paying attention to what's going on. You know, one of the things we always did with our our kids, even though I was preaching and teaching the adults on Sunday morning, is I always asked them, what did you learn in the Sunday school lesson? Even though they went to a parochial school, uh, we took the time to to discuss the, the Bible lesson for the day. Yes. In our family, with uh, my wife Louise and I, I often wasn't there for them for breakfast or lunch. We lived right beside the church, and I had Bible studies, etc. But I tried to really make it for dinner. And at dinner, we would then do what my father did, and that is he'd read a Bible passage, Bible story, and then you were allowed to leave the table when you were able to answer a question. And of course, your questions were real simple if you just listened to the Bible story. Like Daniel, uh, what den was he in when he was attempted to be punished by the ruler? And they'll say, well, it was the lion's den. And so I had a really good grasp of the history of the Bible. I did not know the theology of the Bible that well. What's the difference between the history of the Bible and the theology of the Bible? Well, theology is the study of, of the doctrine of God, the teachings of God, and right. it goes into the spiritual training. History just tells you this event took place, that event took place, and uh, James, James so, James uh, a good book to understand the theology, uh, as we've been doing on Wednesdays, is the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. Because it talks about God's will. And I'll tell you, unless you have a, a good study of the Bible, you will not understand the book of Proverbs. I'm going over it with the church right now I'm at. And uh, for every eight verses that we read, four of them are confusing because the pastor needs to explain the English, not just the Hebrew and the Greek, but also what does God mean when he says this? And this is why a vast majority of Christian adults don't have a Christian worldview because they haven't steeped themselves in the biblical teachings that are given by the Holy Spirit. Right. Well, Proverbs chapter 22, I think, is a familiar verse that most, most have read. Train up your child in the way that they should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. So it just doesn't magically happen overnight the child learns uh, the spiritual component. It it's, takes time at home for, for the family to, to come together. You know, one thing was, as you know, I work for the Central Illinois District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And oftentimes I'd go Sunday uh, to, to uh, do 
training at churches or speak about stewardship and various things. I take my son Peter along. He didn't want to go to Sunday school, and, and I finally found out why. One of the one of the adults that was listening to Bible class says, "Do you realize your son is paying attention to everything that you said and all the Bible verses you're using?" Yes. The research showed that only 36 percent of 13 and 14-year-olds, and those are the ones going through catechism, believe that God exists and is the all-knowing, powerful creator of the universe. But only 1% of preteen children possess a biblical worldview. In fact, what did the survey find out about a majority of the youngest teens, 61%? Now, that was interesting. Either that they either believe that Jesus sinned while he was on earth, or they hold to the possibility that he did. You know, so they they look at Jesus as a sinner, just like the rest of us. In fact, this is where we get into syncretism, another way of explaining it. Though they believe that God created the universe, an overwhelming majority believe that there are no absolute objective truths. And therefore, we believe, teach, and confess that creation in six 24-hour days occurred. That's an absolute truth. But many are being taught, particularly in public schools, that that came about by evolution where you don't even need God because over millions of years, all of these things came into being. You know, I asked a fifth grader that goes to catechism, uh, when did time be start? And he thought for a moment and and, uh, he goes, well, God created the world, so he must have created time as well. And it shows you the death that, that the pastor is going in and teaching the children. Yes. Statements like you're making get the children to think. And on the basis of the Bible, you're absolutely correct. Time became a creation of the world when God created the world. In other words... Prior to that, there was an eternity in which the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit lived. But there wasn't a passing of time until the world became created. And a lot of even scientists recognize time is affiliated with the speed of light, which is at 186,000 miles per second. Now, that seems pretty fast, but there are stars that are so far away that evolutionists believe it took thousands of years for their light to reach the Earth, even at 186,000 miles per second. Whereas we believe, teach, and confess that on the second day of their creation, Adam and Eve looked up to the sky 
and they saw the stars. Yeah, the, you often cite that, and to me, it says right then, when God said, let there be the stars, the, the light from those stars that are thousands and hundreds of thousands of light years away were already hitting the earth right then at that moment. Part of the problem with the public schools is they don't believe in absolute objective truths that are found on the basis of the Bible. So what does Barna encourage parents who want to develop a biblical worldview in their children? What is their primary task in life? Well, it, it, it's to help them develop and, and understand that they raise the children to know and love God with all their heart, mind, and soul. And this is interesting, as he would say, no other task is more important. I mean, our children are, are very precious in what we teach them. And they're, they're always only a generation away from, from unbelief. So necessity to take the time to teach him about the love of Jesus is fantastic. Well, you know, a person in the Missouri Synod doesn't commune until they go through adult instruction. But did you encourage your adults to often repeat adult instruction when they had the opportunity? Yeah, I encouraged them. Or I would try and sign them up for, for the Wednesday Bible study or the Sunday morning Bible study. Yes. And that is to give them more information about the sanctified life. So if the parents become more knowledgeable about this, then they have a biblical worldview that they can get across to the children. Uh, and there are programs even on KFUO that the children can listen to and learn more about God's Word. Although most of the programs are for adults who have already been confirmed but there are a lot of things said that children can learn about the Christian worldview. And KFUO uh, can be turned on any time of the day. And uh, one of the things that I would do when I was in the parish is I would take the time to uh, develop catechism devotions they have several paragraphs that they could go into their catechism and, and read it during the course of the, the week and uh, say their prayers. And that would be something that would continue on. And I know of pastors in, in our synod that do that, that they develop each week a system for parents to teach their children and for them to memorize their catechisms together. Yes, and you know, on issues, etc., I do the Sunday school lesson every week, but parents can get copies of that Sunday school lesson 
in case they don't have a Sunday school at church. Uh, I'm at a couple of churches. They don't have a Sunday school because they don't have uh, children, but they still have grandchildren, etc. And I encourage them to get the material from Concordia Publishing House in order to do a Sunday school lesson. And you can listen to the Sunday school lesson on KFUO. And it's as though it's being taught uh, by a pastor, because that's what I'm doing. And the adults get a Christian worldview. And the more they get a Christian worldview, then they can influence their children to glorify God. So what does Barna say of the recommendations he makes in his book? Well, he made the, the uh, observation that, that the world, person's worldview is, is in place by age 13. So the early years of making a life-defining commitment to Jesus and, and converting biblical belief into action is, is some of the recommendations, taking the time to teach the kids. Like uh, our newest grandchild, we, we buy them books that are appropriate for, for him to, to read as he goes through the various ages. So investing in disciplining our children in the early years, making life commitments to, to Christ, and, you know, table prayers, prayers in, in general with the family, using the foundation it can develop an influential life that glorifies God. Yes. In fact, we often say prayers before we eat. But when we had the children just learning how to talk, the prayer was simple. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Amen. And that got them to understand the Christian worldview. This food... Yes, it was purchased by mom with money that dad made, but it really came from Jesus. And with that worldview, this is how children can learn a Christian worldview from their parents. So thanks very much, Pastor Reimnitz, in helping us with this article. Uh, kind of interesting article, and we hope people take it to mind. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.